Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Guys, uh, some football things are happening, Jake, and, and I know that <laughs> I know it's a weird kind of way to put it, but I I'm so excited because I I feel like there's some buzz, you know, around this program for the first time in a while. I know Herm brought the buzz in his first year, but I, and I, I just, and the train, well, yeah, choo choo, um, but <laughs> so inside baseball, but. Um, but I, I think that when when you look at the direction of this program, despite what some lists might say, I think it's going in the right direction. And uh, Kenny Dillingham is not the worst coach in the Pac-12, according to some lists. Well, A, it couldn't have been any worse than last year. There's only up to go from here. Nine losses, most in single season in program history. But also, if you're actually at any of these practices, if you're around Kenny and his coaching staff, if you're around any of these players talking to him, well, A, there's talent on this team, man. Like, Jalen Conyers has a chance to go to the league. Elijah Badger's got a chance to go to the league. And that's just on offense. Defensively, Roe Torrance is looking really good. He might be able to go to the league because he's tall, too. You Like, lengthy cornerbacks. There's the talent that we... We knew they had talent. They weren't going to be world beaters. But what Kenny's instilled into this team with the coaching staff is the mindset. And it's just, did you come to play today? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't come to play, get the hell out. We don't want you here if you didn't come to play. That leads me to what happened the other day. What happened on Tuesday? Why, why was Dillingham not happy? Because he set a standard. He had a set an expectation for these guys. And it was the first time that we basically saw, at least publicly, what happens when you don't live up to what is expected of you. What is the bare minimum that is expected of you? And that's bring energy. Bring everything you had. This is how you get better. This is where you put in the work. If you don't put the work in in practice, there is no way in hell you're going to be able to perform in a game. I know this is cliche that we're talking about practice, but if you're thinking while you're playing, you've already lost. You have to have it embedded into you to where you are just reacting. Worst practice by far. Yeah, worst practice by far. Not even close. Was that energy, passion? It just wasn't. It wasn't there like it has been in prior days. I mean, you guys are out here. You could. You guys could probably notice it. It's just noticeably different. You know, we had a few of our leaders that you know were banged up today, so we held them, and you could see that. You could see that their passion, energy. You know, our team was looking. I just love that. Of course, I, I just I love mean, that you, so much. You want your coach to you. Not only do the, do the fans want your co- the coach to hold the players accountable, but I'm sure these players want their coach to hold them accountable. And if, like Jake said, and if not, get out. You know, yeah. And that's the kind of players that I want on this Arizona State team are players that want their coach to hold them accountable like that. Um, and you know, we'll we'll come out there and say, you know, that wasn't good enough. And we need to get better because I'm not sure that has been the case in the past few years. Um, I, I can't report that for a fact, but I'm not sure that's been a case been the case over the past few years. And I, you know, I think that not publicly anyway. Yeah, I don't. I think that the the preaching of accountability and you know making sure that players are accountable is like really the only way that 
you're going to be successful as a football team. Now they're going to have fun, right? Like they're they're going to, but yeah. there's there's a line between having fun, doing what you're supposed to do, and 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 making sure that you're held accountable, and then there's the middle ground of just kind of going through the motions, right? So two things. I'll, I'll respond to to you first, Jeremy. With that, they actually Kenny had one on ones, but they reversed. Yeah. The roles. So it was, you had a defensive lineman going up against an offensive lineman, and where the defensive lineman was the receiver. And that was just to get guys pumped up, because it's, again, going back to offense versus defense, the whole practice. So they were doing little tidbits and tricks to try to get them back into that groove of the intensity and the energy levels. It was short-lived. It wasn't sustainable for the whole practice. <laughs> it, it only lasted a few periods. And then... The second part to that is the accountability is also being held by the players. There was a pick that Roe Torrance dropped, and it wasn't a celebration of, oh, I broke up the pass. All the DBs on the side, because this was more one-on-one drills, all the DBs on the side are yelling, you got to pick that off, Roe. Like, there, there is a standard that's being set not just from the coaching staff. It is now trickled into the players holding them into their own standards, and it's... It, it's really crazy to see the changes in just practice from from the Herm Edwards regime. Not that they didn't do things like this, because it's still some of the same guys. But the vibe is just so different, and, and the running and the mood. Like it's just it's a hundred percent all the time. And if you're not living up to that, that Kenny's not going to be happy with you. Like that. That's it's it's as simple as that. Uh, you also don't want to be too hard on these guys, right? There, there needs to be some sort of standard, correct? But there also needs to be, you know, teaching lessons, right? Not necessarily like uh, you got to pick pick the guys up at, at the end of the day as well. Not just you know being super hard on them. And that's what I'm excited to see about this coaching staff and some of the leaders on this team is how they're able to not only hold their guys accountable, but also teach them what they did wrong as well. Yeah, and I, you know, I also, going back to the point, the fun point, like, sports are supposed to be fun, but, like, the most fun thing is winning. Like, I, I didn't have as much fun when I played sports when my team would lose. I, I had back-to-back basketball seasons where we were combined one for 19 or one in 19. It was awful. And so... Uh, it, it, it depends on where you are in life. Like, if you're in fourth grade, like, no, I it's, think it's, it really matters. It, it, still, it, it still was like, <laughs> this sucks. I didn't like that. Um, I didn't care how old I was. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, that's the most fun thing. And so... Yeah, you can incorporate like a ton of fun in practice and still be accountable. The drills can be the most fun drills you've ever done if they're effective and you know, they're, you're still requiring the players to run them well and be effective with them. So, again, I just I just love the love the attitude from Dillingham and that quote. Um I think that I again, my expectations aren't anything more than like a 6 and 6 bowl game, but that's a hell of a step forward, in my opinion. Um, moving forward, unless, Jake, you had something else on this. I was just going to say, I don't necessarily think at the college level, certainly not at the pro level, I don't think having fun matters anymore because this is livelihood now. This is millions of dollars on the lines for the coaches. This is millions of dollars on the lines for the players, the university. It 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 is becoming... You, you went to university... To play football, yes, 
But I don't think anyone goes to university to play football thinking I'm going to not play pro or I'm going to not be doing anything football related after college. You want to be a coach. You want to do something. So I don't necessarily know if it's going in and like, yes, having fun. Maybe fun's not the right word. Maybe it's just the the enjoyment of the work of putting in how hard and strenuous it is because the fulfillment of how hard to work out every single day is to practice four times a week, three times a week, then a game, the tax on your body, the sacrifices that you've made just to get to where you are and then you have to continue to make just to get to the point of maybe you might go pro because we know only a handful of guys are going to go pro out of the almost 100 players you have. So I think it's the culmination of that and then when you do have the success, that's what makes everything worth it. So Jake wrote this, wrote about this practice over on ArizonaSports.com. You can go check that out over there and on, on our app. Um, he also wrote in that same article about Ben Coleman. Um, we got a little update from Kenny Dillingham about Ben Coleman the other day. Yeah, so he, he got out. He had a lower leg injury, and hopefully we'll get him back towards the end of the season, middle of the season. Yeah, that's tough. You know, that's an offensive lineman that, you know, it's a group that that's, um, I would say, inexperienced at some parts. So it's not looking great right now. Yeah. From yeah. from, a, from an injury perspective, he's a grad transfer from Cal. He's going to be the starting left guard. You already lost Ladarius Henderson lot for like this offseason. So it's kind of like, crap, we just lost another guard, essentially. You know, Bram Walden comes in, but Bram Walden's not a guard. He might have to play guard, and that's and, and Kenny kind of talked about stepping up or stepping in. Like, wh- which one is it going to be? Because we're going to need somebody either to step up or someone who's not a guard is going to have to move over and and play guard. And, and it might be Joey Ramos. Like the the kid, the kid is a jackknife of offensive line skill. He can long snap too. Like you might have to be him I, at, at this point. It, the offensive line, I think, might be the weakest part of the offense. Yeah, I mean it's not. I don't think it's close. I, I, I think you're probably spot on there. That really scares me. But yeah, how important the offensive line is when it's 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 five eleven to the offense, in which it's the most important part of the offense, other than having a good quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, because you've got to control the line of scrimmage, and if you can control the line of scrimmage, if you can't run the ball, then. You're putting your quarterback under a ton of pressure, especially if it's Rashada, who's a freshman. Well, this... Also, you don't want Rashada to be, uh, you know, Rashada's a slight dude. So, and Borgay's a slight dude. You don't want either of those guys to be back there, um, you know, receiving a lot of pressure that they shouldn't receive. So, yeah, that is that scares me a lot, and uh, that'll be really interesting to to watch moving forward. Yeah, this could definitely play a part in what who comes out on top in the quarterback battle because you might want a more athletic more guy that's prone to get out of the pocket in there because the offensive line can't hold up for long enough yeah so for ben coleman we're talking about how important this loss may be whether it's the season or or they're hoping he comes back toward the end of the season here's what kenny dillingham had to say about the impact of this the left guard position is a position that right now you know we need somebody to step up we need somebody to step up or we need somebody to step in one of the two and everybody knows what i mean by that step in right either step up or step in but that's the nature of the beast 
Step up or step in, like you yeah. said. Jake. Jake, Jake literally said the same <laughs> same thing. Um, so I, I was quoting him. <laughs> Good job. Um, I wanted to, before we move on to basketball, I wanted to talk about where the weakest points on this team are and how ASU can kind of overcome those things. They, you know, the linebacking core lost a couple guys that were key to you know the success of that group, not only last year but but. For the past three years, uh, and Merlin Robertson for the for the past twenty five. <laughs> um, but it's the linebacking core and the offensive line that I'm worried about the most. Yeah, I'm still worried about the defensive line. I think the defensive line's fine. Really? Yeah. I mean, you've been out there, so. But I just based off of last season, Robbie Harrison, who's taking over Nesta's number for yeah, yeah. he was the dude who everyone was talking about how he's the strongest guy in the weight room he was the one who actually was a wide receiver against uh, I say a glass <laughs> and he actually had him and he dropped it oh um, you can't do that Kenny Dillingham tweeted like million dollar move in five dollar hands but <laughs> that like you got a lot of guys who came back. So Michael Matus came back. Dylan Hall is back. That um, is true. Michael Matus forgot about him. Is is back? And then Tristan Monday transferred. Like I th- I I think the secondary and the line are fine. Okay. But as Jeremy said, like you you lost Merlin, you lost Kyle Soley, you lost Connor Soley, and then I know it was two seasons ago, but you lost Eric Gentry. So it's just like they're all gone. And you got and you got one guy one guy who transferred over from Wazoo. So he knows the system, and he can be the player coach. That will be... Like the Mike, you the, mean? Yeah, like he'll be the Mike backer. But that's going to be... It's going to be like, okay, well, Will Schaefer, step up. <laughs> well, like, I'm, He's going to have to. I'm encouraged about what you're saying about the defensive line. Not encouraged about the linebackers, but just because of last year's defensive line issues. Um, Trayvon I, I still, Brown, by the way, is who I'm talking about from Wazoo. I still need to see it on the field. But, like, as far as the defensive line goes that that sounds good because that was just again they line, of, line of scrimmage they didn't get any pressure last line, year they, they need to get pressure that was like the one of the staples didn't of the Herm Edwards like era two sacks through four games uh, last something year, like that but, but that, that was like one of the staples of the Herm Edwards era is that just could not get enough pressure on the quarterback and they did not have an elite pass rusher ever and so I just hope that can happen because again gotta control that gotta stop the run too the team could not stop any running back no, last year. I mean, that's been ASU's Couldn't thing stop the since I've Wazoo been running back. ASU. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even want to talk about <laughs> uh, the the um, Eastern uh, Michigan running back. Um, Wasn't that like the, their second string quarterback that was running all over ASU too? Something. Like that. <laughs> um, Jake, what are the? the well, this will get us out of football after this, but. Um, what are your other observations from the past week of football practice? Again, it's spring, so there's just so much you have to take with a grain of salt. I think the biggest one is just watching the offensive sets. You know who the pass catchers are, and I I think it's going to be interesting between Javen Jacobs, Troy O'Meara, who's 6'3", between uh, Xavier Guillory, who came over from Idaho State, that kid can play. Like you're gonna have, uh, in my opinion, you're gonna have depth at wide receiver. You're gonna have depth at running back. I have no idea who the quarterback's gonna be, man. Like you could tell me it's Drew Pine. You could tell me it's Trenton Borgay. You could tell me it's Ben Mather, and like, and I believe you. <laughs> and it's just like, none of them are are standing head and shoulders above the other. So it's kind of like okay. 
we're not in the film room. We don't know what's going on in the huddle. We don't know what Kenny, who Kenny trusts the most. I told you Rashad has got the highest ceiling, but he's supposed to be graduating high school this semester, right? <laughs> he's already here, but that just shows you how young he is. Are you going to give the keys in your first year to this freshman? Obviously, you promised him something to get him here, right? But maybe that's sophomore year. Like, until until we get to fall camp and we kind of know who QB1 is going to be, I think that's when you can more project what we're going to see from the offense. I will say that I'm not 100% against two quarterback systems anymore because watching the XFL and the DC Defenders, you've got an amazing quarterback duo of Jordan Tiamu and then Derek King coming in. They have been a dynamic duo and that team is 6-0 in the XFL. So not 100% against it these days. Um, And then the other question that I had for you, Jake, is Chad Johnson going to play for this team? Chad Johnson Jr.? Yeah. I would love Ocho Cinco to play for this team. Yeah, that'd be... Do you think in his current form he'd be good? Yes. (laughs) So, like, Chad Chad Jr. can play. Um, It's just... There are other guys who are taller than him. There are other guys... And again, I don't want to equate everything to just physicality. But, like, when you... I would say Chad... Chad... Chad's here because he wants to be here. And you can tell by the way he, he he carries himself. He's not bitter that he hasn't been playing. He's not, you know, he he brings up his teammates. Like he brings he when Javen Jacobs made the one-handed grab on Tuesday, the first guy to congratulate him was Chad Johnson Jr. Yeah, good locker room guy. But I I just there are other guys who in my opinion have more talent than him. And it's it's you're not you're not going to play over Elijah Badger. Mm-mm. And then you haven't been able to beat out Geo Sanders. Javen Jacobs is, in my opinion, the best returning receiver that wasn't a starter. Like, in terms of who will start out of the returners, it's him. And then, like I said, Troy Mayer from is 6'3". Like, Xavier Guillory can play. And, that, and you're not even talking about the tight end. Yeah, I haven't talked about Jalen Connors or Messiah Swinson. Like, it's tough to get on the field on this team. They have really good um, skill position players. Yeah, I, I'm just the last thing I would say about Chad is just, you know, I'm just, I just think it would be fun and cool for him to get that opportunity to be out there. And I think it could become like a good story just because uh, he absolutely loves ASU. As we've seen, he could have transferred to get more playing time at a D2. Jake or Smith a, is another one. I mean, yeah, at a, he might be a scat back kind of. Yeah, role. but you go, but like FCS, he could go FCS D two and play. He could have gone to Oregon State. Like he, he yeah, he could have gone to he, his dad's alma alma mater, and he chose to come here. But like again, because of who his dad is, like because of how much he just loves Arizona State, it would be a you know, it would be great for him to get that opportunity. But again, I I just I don't know. Max, that's Ware. why I asked you. Max Ware, the guy who had the juggling touchdown that the ref incorrectly called out of bounds. Even yeah, that was a catch. What, in the what NFL. a catch! What a catch! Like he's a six one sophomore from Brophy. He's still in bounds. Check that out. <laughs> still right currently, <laughs> yes, right now. Sir, okay, he's currently in bounds. Uh, if you want to go check that out, uh, go to the State of the Sun Devils Twitter account at AZ Sports Devils. Jake took a great video of that at practice the other day. Um. Let's move on to basketball now. It's kind of been frustrating recently. Uh, but yep. here's, here's the thing. We're not going to know 
if this is actually a bad thing until we know who's coming into this program, right? Until we see who's coming in to ASU through the transfer portal, we're not going to know if losing a guy like Austin Nunez is going to be a big deal or not. Yeah, and but a like, guy, losing a guy like Jemiah Neal and losing a guy like DJ Horn. Yeah, but like you're losing all your Enoch. guard depth. Well, I I, th- guard, I thought but. Enoch would end up coming around at some point. The thing that I that bums me out about losing Austin Enoch, Jemiah is that DJ. Well, not not DJ as much is those three guys have a lot of eligibility left. They can still grow um and so that bum that bums me out that we won't get to see their growth if they do indeed grow and that that won't happen with asu the the one thing that is just kind of really sucky about this entire modern college landscape is just you used to see those guys that started uh you know as like a bench player or a walk-on or something that didn't that were supposed to get those opportunities or or who didn't get those opportunities at the start of their career that end up, you know, either turning into a scholarship player or a really key player on the team and that's just not something that I really think is going to happen. You're just going to have somebody transfer to where they can get more playing time. I I saw so much potential in Austin Nunez becoming that Remy Martin type of player where he didn't start his freshman year and then becomes a four-year a three-year starter on on a team like and, and it becomes his team you know and I, I saw that potential in him and I'm I'm bummed that we're not going to get to see that here's what Bobby Hurley had to say about Austin Nunez uh, the other day and this was uh, to set this up uh, this was before he knew or this was before, before the media knew. the media knew that he was going to transfer so and it's reported that he's going to transfer by the way so i will uh play this he's back home still uh at this point he, he's he's with his family um and, and they're going through the same process of that the, all these kids have you know in terms of the potential of of seeing what their options are and and really taking a look at at, at their uh situation reviewing the year yeah, yeah, that's and exactly what he's doing. Here's the other part too. You can always come back, which Bobby talked about how he's re-recruiting guys that are, you know, in the transfer portal that he has lost already. We're going about our business, doing what we have to do to to reach out to players, and we're getting great responses. and uh, And then we're going to continue to see where the guys are that that have decided to go in the portal. Because I mean, sometimes the quick, the hardest thing is when you rip the band aid and press the button. Sometimes you don't think you're going to see that guy again. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have conversations with these guys to see if hey, is this the best fit for you. You've you've gone out in the portal. You've looked at some stuff. You know, is, is it is it in your heart to stay, or are you you know, you're going to look to go? And so we're actively still re-recruiting, you know, our, our own players as as we're exploring other opportunities. Unfortunately, I would be shocked if any of these guys came back, and here's why: NIL is not where it needs to be at this university. Unfortunately, correct. And the facilities are not where they need to be at this university. And Bobby talked about DFA the other day. And how I would say it's more DFA than WeatherUp, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, and, WeatherUp's a great facility. Yeah, but Bobby talked about that the other day. 
you know, Dr. Crow was, was on target with his comments in terms of when that building is filled and when we're playing UCLA and our players are on the court, they're not thinking about anything else except look at all these, these people in the stands and, and look at this environment. And I think we've created, outside of Arizona, the, the best Pac-12 environment in terms of support, crowd support. Uh, you know, and again, the school's been through a lot with 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 COVID and and the limitations of the finances. And, and I I'm not involved in that directly, but it, it impacts you know our university. So when when that would be addressed, I mean, I would be certainly on in favor of it. I think you know, but and when that timeline is in play, then it's in play. But it's not going to stop me from doing what I. All right, all right. He's right that when that place is rocking and there's a game going on, nobody cares. But (laughs) recruiting wise, if you walk into a place like Oregon's arena and you see that, or if you walk into, you know, even an older arena like Polly, the newly renovated renovated Polly Pavilion, Virginia Tech, where I'm from, they renovated their arena it's much nicer than it used to be U of A renovated it not too long ago yep yep and so you walk into those facilities and you're like man this place is very nice and as a recruit who's being as a recruit who's being shown around the arena there's usually not anybody in the the arena unless they're I mean they go to a game usually but like if they're just being shown around or they go to a practice at the arena they're not going to be impressed with with what DFA has to offer right now so I just would like for everybody's attitude at the school and just everywhere that this place needs to be renovated. It needs to be better in order to attract recruits because kids care about facilities these days. That's what we've heard from like everybody. I missed my window to make the joke that McHale Center is uh, owned by ASU. So that's uh, it's all right. We, we, we'll move on. I missed the window. Sorry, I, I, it's all right. I was passionately yeah. ranting there. It's okay. I it, it totally okay. I missed the opportunity. It's 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 kind of my fault. Uh, I I I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll move on from there. Okay. Know? Yeah. Uh, Jake, any anybody else have a response to my my rant there? <laughs> Yeah, it all comes back to just like the financial models of the university as a whole. They're Michael Crow is an educator, so he takes the largest school in the United States, which means North America, which probably means the Western Hemisphere, um, and takes most of the money from tuition. And as long as the athletic program isn't losing money, they're not necessarily. And this isn't me speculating. This is me just like stating what we've been seeing, right? They're not putting in as much money into athletics as other schools because of a, a, a plethora of combinations. We don't have large donors, right? We don't necessarily have the, the same amount of impact of a Texas football, an Alabama football, a UCLA basketball. You, like, like All these schools have alum that are so passionate about the sports that they're willing to give money. And the school schools know how much money that those programs make them and are also willing to put more money in as well and we heard crow say like dfa serviceable we haven't had any major injuries and it's like okay he's right you're right um and your asu basketball will continue to be what it has been average to above average and we don't really expect we make make the ncaa tournament it's a good season right like that's it like those are the expectations whereas u of a 
expects to go to the Sweet 16 every year. At minimum. Hey, they expect they, they want Even, championships. They want championships and Final Fours. Like, yeah. So we're going back to the standard. There, the standard is what it is for ASU basketball. Obviously, they, they felt it, there's a higher standard for football, and that's why they chose to invest in the stadium and the facilities and the locker rooms and everything. Like, like there's nothing that we're, we're missing. It's just you have an X amount of money. You don't have an NIL collective, the strength of other schools. You're doing the best you can. And you, you don't, I mean, it's not like the coaches can do anything about it. You have your resources, you lead your program, and you do everything you can with the resources that you've been given. So, you know. And you're not going to talk bad about your boss to the media. Like, that <laughs> yeah. will never happen. So, obviously, I went to Arizona State and I like to defend ASU's academics. If you go on to U.S. News and World Report, you can see all of the high ranking programs that ASU has, even though people like to make jokes about it on podcasts and on talk shows that uh, it's not a good school. Um, ASU is actually a very good school. Um, it's a large school. It's a large school too. The largest. And and so I just you know I want to make sure that <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, that is still good, but I no longer attend the university, and the only thing that I really care about now is sports. So I don't necessarily care as much about the so, academics being good. So just spend money on sports. There you go. So overall, Jimmy Kimmel, what are you J- doing? Jimmy Kimmel yeah. did not... Okay, th- by the way, that video did horrible on Twitter, yeah. and Jimmy Kimmel did not see it. I tagged both him and his show, did so you, yeah. Did you tag Aunt Chippy, though? I don't know if she has a... I, I would doubt she's a Twitter, Jeremy. Oh, well. See, there's a problem. Okay. Um, a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, Bobby talked about being very aggressive in the portal. Let's play that real quick, Jesse. I want to talk about more of the portal. You know, usually in past seasons, you, you go through a long year and there's a lot of tough games and, and just so much stress and pressure and the finality of it hurts so bad that you just want to escape and, and go away and, uh, and and let your mind relax a little bit, but not anymore in this world. Uh, you know, the transfer portal, we've been very aggressive and, uh, and exploring multiple ways that we're going to, uh, you know, surround the core of this coming team with with uh, players that will put us in a position to to take further steps than we did this. unfortunately what's the core at this point besides Devin Warren they have not transferred yet yeah Devin which, Frankie and De- Frankie. Frankie Duke right Alonzo you need a scorer. Yeah, which <laughs> and, and they ho- can surround. You can surround. I hopefully like, I, they get someone like Des, like we talked about. That's going to have to be what's coming. Two yeah. th- two things that I like to say about that is that I do really like the fact that he's like, you know what, I can't really take any time off. I'm going to go and tack the portal. And number two, I like the fact that he says there's a core because that kind of just puts in my head that oh, maybe there's players that have said other than Devin, like, hey, I'm coming back. Yeah. Maybe, you know, Warren Washington said, hey, I'm coming back. Frankie Collins. I mean, Frankie Collins, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to come back based off of what he's been tweeting. He, he, he can't transfer again, basically. Like, he, he could, but then wouldn't he have to sit out a year or something? Like, um, I'm not sure the the rule there. Yeah, if you transfer twice in two years, I think you might have to sit out. Yeah. 
I, I think that I'm not not 100 sure on the rule. He's playing recruiter, he said. So yeah. yeah. So there you go. That that's that's. Didn't he put the eyeball emoji or it was something? I think we put the eyeball emoji. Yeah. <laughs> um, on our Twitter account again at AZ Sports Devils. Um, check it out before you have to pay for it. But anyway, back to my point. They need a scorer. That's what they need. And Bobby's done a good job at you know giving his guys the confidence to shoot the ball. Um, I, I don't know what more he thinks he needs to improve on. I know he talked about it the other day. Here's my thing. 80% of the starting lineup last year was a transfer student. Correct. So I don't think there should be a worry that they can't find but look, some guys. Look at the pattern, Jake. What happened after the 2020 season? This First is the pattern with every school, though. No, but after the 2020 season... Everybody transferred, and then the 2021 season was a disaster, right? True, but it was also the first year of the portal. Right, but now he's got two years of, oh, this is how the portal works under his belt. I I mean, I hope so, but if you look at the pattern... What's the pattern? The the pattern is... I'll throw it right back on you. What happened this year? After last year? I hope hope you're right. I, I I hope they continue to attack the portal correctly. And they they're able to bring in some scorers, but unfortunately, they brought in scorers in 2020, and then they all transferred away or graduated or went to the draft or what have you. So that's what I'm worried about. There's really nothing you can control if they're if they're leaving for eligibility or professional purposes. Right. I'm just saying that. And also, going back to the standards. If you're a player and you're and you have a standard for yourself, like nothing against ASU basketball, but like there's a school down south who uh, you'd probably much rather play for, and that's just because they invest more into their team. That I is to live in Tucson. Though. That's a basketball school. Well, we still own their arena, so it's all right. But the the point is, is ASU doesn't have a, a history of of. A lot of success in basketball. Bobby Hurley's the second most successful coach in program history. And he's only been here for eight years. Ed Wilk was here for, what, 24? Like, that was like the 60s. <laughs> and through the 80s. So, well, not through it, but up to. Yeah, which is 40 the, years ago. The 80-81 season. But then you're proving my point. Was he coaching against Naismith? <laughs> 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 but you're proving my point. Like, if we're talking about basketball, or excuse me, if we're talking about football, it's probably flipped. You're not going to want to go to U of A. You're going to want to go to ASU. Yeah. There's a history there. There's nostalgia there. Scouts go there. Right? There's just, there's a difference. So, to be able to do it year in and year out is, yeah, you're right. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. That's, I'm just worried. I'm worried because we've seen some very important guys enter the portal here. So, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm intrigued. And you can't do anything about losing Dez. Right. That, right. You That's knew fine. you were losing Dez. I'm intrigued about how he went out and got Dez and Dev and, and Warren last year, right? I'm intrigued about that. And Frankie. As Jesse would say, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, we, we're Speaking of transfers, uh, the women's basketball team lost uh, Meg Newman. She's transferring to Alabama. Yeah. 
she was their highest rated recruit in how long, Jesse? A long time. I don't know the I don't know the exact number, but it was a long time. She was a top since forty Jan- recruit, probably since Jan- pre on January, right? I, again, I, I would I have. We to, don't have a comment about uh, Tuscaloosa. Population of one hundred thousand people. Why Why don't I have a comment about yeah, it? Yeah, Nick Saban's going to coach her up. You made a comment about having to live in Tucson. Yeah. Oh well, I was about I was I was just about to get into the whole situation <laughs> and how like okay well anyway she would I don't think was given the opportunities that she should have been given. I think that yeah she sometimes plays with a little bit too much energy, and that's sometimes can hurt her because she will like shoot too strong and stuff. But I thought that just. You know, if she could bottle up that energy in an effective way, and in some games she really did, and some games she looked like the best player on their team. And so it's just a bummer that she is gone. Um, again, I, I thought she would turn into a really good player, even after watching this past season where she was up and down. And But hats off to her. She's going to a place that just made the tournament. So, you know. Yeah, unfortunate. Seems to be caring more about their basketball program in general. <laughs> unfortunate that ASU lost uh, Meg Newman there and could possibly be losing a, a few more players in the portal for both men's and women's basketball. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything for the women's team since Sydney Erickstrup. So looks like they've just lost two, and they just posted a workout with Jaden Simmons in, in the picture. So looks like she might be hanging around. So That'd be good. That'd be good. She's two more years of eligibility left. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, baseball five game winning streak. They beat the team down south this weekend. Swept, swept them. Um, it was uh, great crowds. Shout mm-hmm. out to everyone that showed up this weekend, not including myself, unfortunately. Um, I, I would have loved to go, but uh, you know, duty calls with everything else going on around the valley. I'll admit, I was watching the tournament. Yeah, well. Um, sweep U of A. They won over uh, 25th ranked GCU, who was only ranked because they beat Tennessee once. GCU, enough of that. Place. It's the only reason. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. You can read Jake's articles uh, online at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app. For Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, listening audience. Jesse Morrison back here. Had to add one more thing. ASU landed a men's basketball recruit right after we finished recording this podcast. Malachi Davis, number 86 overall JUCO recruit, according to JUCORecruiting.com. He had 48 points to lead Tallahassee Community College over Salt Lake to get to the Elite Eight of the JUCO National Championships. So, there you go. Bobby Hurley recruiting some players, or a player.